FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 493 of the podcast that goes nicked. Nicked, I'm your host, Jason. And I have a very special guest, friend of the show, and a, a guy I've gotten to be friends with over the last couple of months, Clint Buckler. Hi, Clint. Hey, Jason. What's going on? Not much. Things are going well. How about yourself? Uh, can't complain. Can't complain. Awesome. Well, um, this episode is going to be Cohen Salad, which is an <laughs> obscure line from the issues we're going to be talking about. So we will eventually get to talk about... Um, the Marvel Unlimited series, X-Men Unlimited, we're going to do uh, issues, if you call them issues, uh, 35 through 40. But before we get to that, I want to give Clint a very warm Wolverine welcome. So what we like to do with first-time guests is kind of you know, talk about how they kind of came to the character and came to comics. So so Clint, just wanted to kind of talk to you about your Wolverine origin story. Like, What's kind of the first time you remember encountering the character? Um, well, I'm... 41, and the first time I remember coming in contact with the character was on the X-Men uh, animated series. Yes. Uh, that that series blew my mind. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I knew comic books existed, but I didn't know the X-Men were a thing and fell in love with every single character on there. Um, I was a big Cyclops person at first. Nice. And the more and more I came around to it, I became a fan of Wolverine. Very cool. So do you kind of jump uh, – I know different people have kind of different ways they they respond to the cartoon. Do you kind of jump right into comics or did it kind of take a while or kind of what made you actually get into the actual comic books? Oh, no. The, what, I guess the show came out in the fall, and I think I remember for that Christmas my mom got me a bundle of like X-Men comic books, like 20 random issues. and Nice. Yeah, so I was I was hooked since then, and then I got a mail subscription, and because I was oh, living wow. for, I lived in Virginia at the time, so we didn't really have a local comic book store that was close. So okay, I got my books were all from the mail. So very cool. Well, it, it's okay if you don't. I know time can be tricky, but do you remember uh, were there any particular issues from that first twenty that like really jumped out at you? Um, I, I was telling my girlfriend the other day the first one I really remember reading was X Men Eleven. Uh, I was thinking it was like the Jim Lee goodbye issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Very. Yep. So I, I I missed out on Jim Lee, so I came in at the <laughs> very very last second. Well, that's all right. You got right on the grand ground floor for Andy Kubert, so that's that's not too bad either. Yeah. Correct. Nice. Well, very cool. So, uh, what are kind of what kind of draws you in particular to Wolverine? Or, I guess, you know, you said you started off as a Cyclops fan. Um, you know, where does Wolverine rank kind of in your X Men pantheon now? And kind of what are the things that, that re- you respond to in the character? Um, I really think Wolverine is is up there at the top. I mean, he's like kind of like the heart and soul of the X Men to me. Like he's a guy that always tries to stand up and do what's right, even though sometimes he doesn't agree with it and he'll make right. a tough decision <laughs> when he shouldn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just, uh, I think really, I mean, he was always a good character and I read his book and, and everything and collected numerous issues and back issues, but like the, um, Jason Aaron run on Wolverine, the X-Men kind of solidified it. As, I love that know, series. Yeah, it was a great series. That was the first time I really ever read any Mahmoud uh, Azrar stuff, too. Like, I remember I, – yeah, I still love him a lot, but there's something about that early work he did with kind of the darker inking that was just really, really cool. But um, yeah. awesome, awesome, very cool. It was a good run. And then I had to go back and – I think I was spotty on collecting the Jason Aaron stuff itself, but then after that I was, like, totally hooked on Jason Aaron and didn't think that anybody else could write – uh, Wolverine as good as as he, he could, <laughs> but now I think Percy's just stepped right into it too. So Percy is definitely uh, excuse the the claw pun, but definitely carved himself out a spot uh, in the legendary Wolverine writers. I mean, it's I think it's probably impossible these days, or maybe just my grumpy old age. Like I 
I don't really have many writers that think every issue is perfect, but he does a hell of a job. Like he's between Wolverine and X Force, and kind of the cohesion between the two. Just he just really gets Wolverine's voice. I like, just really understands like how he would talk and act, and just really really appreciate it. But yeah, that's really cool. So do you have um, obviously you mentioned um, the run of Wolverine and the X Men and, and, and Jason Aaron. Do you have any particular favorite story arcs? Mm. I, I I know I talked about those ones, but I guess like the story arc that always sticks in my head is is Fatal Attractions. Okay. Because yeah. I remember like I, I remember got like through the ringer on that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's where I really fell in love with the character. I guess because okay. before that I thought he thought he was kind of always invincible. It seemed like on the show, like he could always right. bounce back. But there having him being put through his paces was really. I don't know, like that stuff like sticks in my head. Those pages from um, uh, Wolverine seventy five where he pops yeah. bone claws for the first time. And- right. Yeah, and that's right where we are in the flashback stuff. So, which I need to get back on track. <laughs> so that's yeah, awesome, very cool, great. Well, um, super glad to have you on, Clint. I know we we've talked about it for a while, and then my kind of. Uh, unplanned hiatus took place and kind of knocked everything off track but so so glad to have you on the show that you were able to we were able to work it out so thanks for coming on and, uh, well, i appreciate you having me on i mean i'm just a a big fan of the show big fan of the comics and glad i can geek out with somebody <laughs> awesome awesome well i hope that we have some good stories here to talk about um but you want to go ahead and jump into our x-men unlimited yeah, sure. Let's do this. All right, cool. So we're going to start off with issue 35. Um, I believe the credits are the same on all of these. So I'm going to – I forget how far you have to scroll on these. Um, <laughs> scroll back down. Okay. These are written by uh, Alex Pacnadel, I believe. Uh, art by Julian Shaw. Colors by Dono Sanchez Armada. And letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And then, of course, um, with all of these, uh, we have our, our digital managers, uh, Annie Ching and Tim Smith III. Um, and, of course, edited by Lauren Amaro. So I got to say, first thing out of the bat, you know, some of these Marvel Unlimited, you kind of get different things. Some of them are like by more established creators, some of them less so. Are you familiar with anybody on this run? <laughs> no, not a bit. Not a bit. <laughs> Yeah, all brand new for me, too. Okay. Well, that's cool. Don't we come without any preconceptions of what we think they should be doing. So that's that's pretty neat. Um, so what I'll do kind of kind of um, as we go through these issues, I'll just kind of do like a brief like synopsis. And then Clint will kind of lead a discussion on like kind of what we liked and didn't like about each chapter. And then we'll kind of rate the whole thing at the end. So, um with that in mind, we're going to start off with number 35. So here in this one, um, Maggot Spectakes, complete with snacks, <laughs> while the uh, 2022 X-Men roster fight a giant sludge monster. Uh, think like Toxic Avenger mashed with Godzilla. Um, anyway, um, lots of snappy banter between him and Wolverine. Uh, the monster partially decays Wolverine before slamming her into the ground. And we will talk about that scene for sure. Um, eventually, Jean Grey is able to secure the victory. Uh, now Mag gets up. Uh, Eli and Mini eat the toxic residue. Unfortunately, the monster is not completely dead, and a giant slime hand crushes Maggot, killing him. After he's resurrected, Laura meets him for dinner at the Green Lagoon. He tells her how terrible resurrection is for the three of them, kind of being three separate entities. But also, uh, by the way, Eli is not eating. So Laura tries to pet Edie, but Edie eats her finger down to the adamantium bone. Uh, Maggot gets embarrassed and runs off. Uh, Laura is kind of like, oh, what's going on? And watches her finger heal. And then some uh, city workers back in town are cleaning up what I guess the X-Men didn't finish when Maggot died. They don't show that, but kind of the vision, the scene of like the giant hand comes up and kills Maggot. The X-Men are like, oh, got to go. <laughs> And then in the cities, we have to clean up all the slime. Um, anyway, uh, a giant maggot worm comes out and eats them, and that is chapter one. So, Clint, I guess what are your overall thoughts on this one? What are some of the things you liked, didn't like? You know, the art. How do you think that? Just kind of give me your give me your thoughts on it. 
I thought it was really cool seeing Maggot back in the X-Men. I don't yeah. remember the last time I've seen him. I couldn't either, to be honest. I was trying to think, and um, I don't know when he was last around. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, it's, right. it's cool, and at the same time, also kind of sad that he's, like, the the cleanup guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it does give him something to do. It's a cool use of his powers, but I agree. It's kind of like, oh, well, he's, he's almost like the X-Men version of damage control at this point. So... I was going to say he's like the ex-janitor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Toxic Avenger, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's funny. Um, so there's there's a – I really like the scene with him talking to Laura. Um, there's a part where he talks about uh, – so I guess the mutant they're trying to fight, his, his initials are DK, and Maggot really kind of makes fun of it. Like, oh, DK, like decay. And then he mentions a nominative – Predetermination, which I thought was funny. It seems like kind of a funny thing for him to say. Um, then that scene when Wolverine's fighting the monster and it throws her down, she's like, think bouncy thoughts. I thought that was pretty fun. What do you think of that scene overall? Yeah, that was that was crazy. It was the art. The art was was pretty good there, where she's like half decayed on one side. I guess where she's getting eaten up on one side and not the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the acid's eating her uh, up quite a bit. And, of course, Rogue comes in and punches. I really um, thought the art was pretty good. I thought it really shined when, um, especially the colors, the scene with Jean Grey, where she comes in and we get her all highlighted in pink in front of them. Like that panel of her, I guess they're not panels in this because you're just scrolling through, but the screenshot or whatever of her like uh, levitating in front of the monster is like a really nice piece of art. Yeah. So basically what I was saying is um, I, I like that they have Gene being kind of the big gun. Like they say, you want to show you bring Gambit early on him. If you want to close her, it's Gene Gray. And I feel like those, those scenes um, with her levitating in front of the monster, like the colors are really, really cool. Um, what do you think of that scene there? Yeah, it's really great coloring, and like the the writer is hitting the X Men really well. So yeah, yeah, I thought so. So I don't, I'll I'll have to uh, Google what else they've done, see see what kind of what their background is. But yeah, I feel like overall, pretty nice story. I really enjoyed the banter between uh, Maggot and Laura. I thought that was really nice. And and one of the things I made a note of too that I really like um, is that Laura empathizes and reaches out to Maggot. Because it's so Laura, right? And and one of the subtle but wonderful differences in her Wolverine is that she's a little more like compassionate and engaging. I think I think Logan kind of maybe feels some of those things, but he doesn't act on them a lot of times, right? Like he's so kind of rough around the edges that he may be like, oh, well, they're kind of going through the same thing I am. That explains, and he kind of has understanding, but not necessarily compassion all the time. So I really love uh, Laura. Um, Really trying to like build a bridge between her and Maggot. Um, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it seems like Laura is more like a approachable person. Like we're like where Logan's like rough around the edges, and she'd right. be the person like you could talk to, you know. For sure. Cool. Any other thoughts on thirty-five before we move to thirty-six? Mm, I don't think so. I'm scrolling myself to see if anything pops out at me right well you know i guess we should let's stop for a second right there what how much have you read on these kind of um marvel unlimited like i guess infinity comics and kind of what's been your overall impression of them so far i mean, just the, tell the you, format i'm gonna tell you I'm, I'm a complete fan of your show and whatever you say to read i read like <laughs> so nice um yeah, like I saw them. I have, you know, the unlimited service, obviously. And but I was like, ah, eh, maybe I'll read it, maybe I won't. And then you're like, oh, the first one's really good. And I'm like, all right, I'll read it. And <laughs> then I think you were talking about the Scotty Young one, so I read along with that one. Yeah, so they kind of they're they're like hit or miss with me, but they right. they they use the medium real well, and you know, with the scrolling and stuff. Yeah, I think so too. Like, not everyone takes advantage of it as much. And when the creators really lean into it, and I, one in particular, one of the Wolverine chapters, I think you and I talked about this uh, in chat, was uh, 
that really cool scene where Cannonball like flies through like different scenes and you kind of see his like vapor trail like as you scroll down. Like when they do stuff like that, it really works. And then some of them is just like this was just a regular comic. I'm just scrolling vertically, (laughs) but cool. All right. Um. All right. So 36 issue 36. Um, in Mexico, kids find a giant larval husk. Um. Which I will, speaking of the Infinity format, this was one of the best uses in this story. Um, when they scroll down on this giant, like, shell of the worm. Um, and then, of course, Emma bonds psychically with Edie to discover they actually survived the mission. And they're huge and scared and lonely while being attacked by the military. So they decide to swim back to Krakoa. Um, I like this one. I think it's no coincidence, or maybe it is a coincidence, that the only one that doesn't have Laura was also the one that felt the most like filler. But what did you think of 36? Yeah, 36 was fine. I mean, it was a, a good, like, maggot story. Um, mm-hmm. Emma Frost had a lot of time. Uh, there was another good panel of the uh, scrolling where she goes, I guess, inside of Eni's mind, and, like, mm-hmm. it's inside of, like, his stomach. So that, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. But I don't have as much to say about this one. <laughs> so I don't know if you have anything that jumped out at you. Um, well, like you said, it's, it's, it's a good filler issue. <laughs> we need we need five issues, so let's, let's pad right. this one out. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, then we'll go ahead and jump into 37. Um, so Emma explains to Maggot that the tiny, unhealthy Eni should actually never have, have been resurrected at all since Eni didn't die. But Emma's plan is to, quote-unquote, fix the error before giant Eni gets to Krakoa. But what she means by that basically is killing little Eni, so big Eni will kind of just reabsorb back into Maggot and everything will be fine. Um but Maggot doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to kill little Eni, so he attacks Frost, who is able to subdue him in diamond form. She pulls Eni out of his stomach, ew, <laughs> and is about to kill it when Wolverine walks in. Even when Emma tries to explain Wolverine's not buying it and threatens to cut her into a Tiffany necklace and one of the best lines of the series, um, there's a nice fight to a standstill. You know, if if 36 was a filler, 37 picks the action right back up. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the uh, Tiffany necklace line was amazing. Um, it's just you know it's more build up, but it's like it's progressing the story more so than thirty six did. Right. And then we get a lot of just really good in the fight. Just you know, Laura obviously was in the first one. She wasn't in the second one, and this one you can tell like our three central characters are Laura, Emma, and Maggot, and. So you get a lot of really good focus on all three of them. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about my artist take on Emma, but I do really like their their take on Laura and Maggot. So no, two out of three is not bad. <laughs> yeah, maybe they should stick to people drawing with blue skin. Like it seems like the Emma in diamond form looks better than the Emma out of diamond form. Yeah, I would agree but with that. It's like blue skin or like non-human people or diamond people and people with masks. That's the strong suit. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Um, and, you know, his worms look pretty cool. So, I mean, yeah, I guess really anything that's not too human, he's better at or they're better at. So um, I do. So what do you think about the scene where um, so I'm just trying to explain, like, like in her mind, this is like a mercy kill, right? Like it's almost like just – and we gotta get rid of one so we can have the other. Um, I really, really like that Laura comes in and says, like, "No, um, you know, if you're talking about people being errors. Like a lot of people have said that about me. Um, once we get a cool snick there as well, and then a really nice scene of them kind of, kind of glaring at each other. Anytime you can get uh, Wolverine claws in someone's face, it's uh, pretty cool. But um, what do you think of kind of the the confrontation between Laura and Emma? I mean, it, it was really good, like you said, like the, where she said she was, she's been a mistake and knows how these things go. I mean, it kind of you know, drove home that like sometimes you forget about that stuff. 
or at least I do, that, you know, Laura went through that stuff. Right. So, like I said, this 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 writer really gets this. I mean, to, to be kind of like a, a unlimited throwaway story, it's it's really good so far. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Any other thoughts on this one? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Cool. And well, then we'll go ahead and jump into 38. Um, flying right through them. That's all right. No, no problem at all. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, meanwhile, Big Edie approaches Krakoa. I think this is where the Krakoa and Salad line comes in. <laughs> um, but um, Maggot wakes up to see Wolverine and Emma fighting. Uh, as they fight some more, Wolverine throws Teeny Edie to Maggot and tells him to run, which he does. Uh, Emma says that's a mistake and turns psychic to force Wild Child to chase Maggot down. And I love this interplay. Wolverine says, you sure? And uh, points out that she mortally sliced Emma and she'll have to stay in Diamond form to keep from bleeding out. Uh, Emma switches, of course, back to Diamond then because she doesn't want to bleed out, uh, leaving a very confused Wild Child scratching his head fleas. Uh, Magnet hides in a cave on the beach where we get a sweet but sad scene. Uh, Maggot promises Edie they'll figure out another way because they're all family. But he also realizes then that Edie actually isn't eating, basically to starve herself out of the way for the other Edie. Um, this one kind of punched me in the gut a little bit, Clint, to be honest. Um, how did this chapter hit you? Uh, yeah, it's about the same. Like, it, it, uh, Well, first of all, I want to hear you say teeny eeny like four times in a row. <laughs> Okay, uh, teeny eeny, teeny eeny, teeny eeny, teeny. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was definitely it's it sucks like because teeny eeny knows what's coming and what needs to be done, but maggot doesn't want to I guess pull the trigger on it. Right. So I mean, it, it's it's definitely sad. Like yeah, he has these weird powers, but then he's connected to these things. It's it's. He's a strange character, but one I'd like to see more of after after these few issues. Yeah, me too. I, I hope Maggot gets more to do on Krakoa, and not just uh, not just clean up, <laughs> but um, actually like like good stuff to do. Um, I really really love Wolverine in this particular chapter because maybe another difference between her and Logan a little bit. And not that not that Logan's dumb because he's not. He's you know he's very intelligent and has a lot of good strategy. He's been around so long. He has a good strategy, but he kind of leads with his claws, right? Um, most of the time he's, he's kind of a brawler and, and kind of worries about what happens to him later. I really like that. Uh, Laura here is really leading with her brain. Um, she knows that if Emma is able to get out of her diamond form that she can use her mentor powers. I don't know if she really thought about Emma like controlling other people because I don't know if she could have seen that coming. But I think protecting herself, though, by not letting Emma control her. So she makes a move and makes a cut that forces Emma to stay diamond. Um, and it's such a good like fight strategy and such a smart thing for Laura to do. And just in kind of another way that she's just a little bit, a little bit different. I really like in these stories where we see Laura kind of being her own Wolverine, and I think this is just a good example of that. I mean, totally, totally. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a smart move to take, try to take Emma off the board. Um, just really smart. She's really calculating, like, a different kind of, I guess, like, where you said, like, Logan has one kind of strategy. She's a different type of strategist person. Yeah. Yep. And then I think the other thing that kind of surprised me a little bit, I was not, you know, I, I reached out to you and asked if you had read these. You're like, no, not yet. I said, cool. Well, that's, those will be the ones we'll cover and we'll talk about these. And I won't lie. I did not come into this with like super high expectations. I, like we talked about, I didn't recognize the creators. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, it's one thing like the Wolverine one. It's like, okay, Declan Shelby. Yeah, I'm on board. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I, I kind of already know it's going to be great. Let's go read it. Um, this one, I was like, I have no idea who these guys are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. uh, and, you know, and while I've always liked Maggot, I've never been particularly, like, invested in him. So I was like, okay, well, this will be, be a fine story. But, uh, you know, you know we'll kind of just get through it and, you know, not much to it. I'm 
be kind of shocked at how much uh, this writer has me invested in Maggot in the in Indian meeting. Like, I'm like kind of on the edge of my seat on this issue. Like, okay, you know, not edge on the seat like I'm afraid of what's going to happen, but kind of like I'm kind of starting to figure out what's probably going to happen, and I'm dreading it because I'm so tied. Like, he's tied me into this character so much now that it's like, no, I don't want that to happen either. I'm kind of with Maggot. Like, no, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> but I know there probably won't be. And so it's, it's kind of that almost, like, sense of dread as we move into the, the last couple of chapters. Like, man, I don't know about this. Um, so, yeah, and just kind of... Is... No, go ahead. Go ahead, finish. No, no, I was going to say it just kind of sold me on the story, so... I mean, but yeah, just 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 think like this. This writer is so good that he made you care about Maggot, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, he and he really has, and you know, kind of echoing what you said earlier, I really do hope that someone else picks up some of these threads and, um, you know, lets Maggot kind of be involved in more of the Cohen story. I, I also, um, I don't know what's available or what's out there. You know, for for new writers to do in the X corner of the universe right now, I think most of the slots are pretty filled. But I would love for uh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna say their last name wrong, so I'm gonna look at it one more time. Um, but Alex Packnadel, if I'm saying that right, I'd love to see them get a shot at an X book, like for real. Um, I think they definitely nailed the character voices. Um, there's lots of good kind of back and forth. Uh, there's a there's a scene in this one where uh, Emma says that uh, you know I guess Wolverine is a good X Men like duh, but it's fun to see Emma say that right. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Have have her admit something she probably doesn't want to. Right. Well, anything else on thirty eight? No, I think I'm ready for thirty nine. Okay. All right. Well, in this one, uh, we're finally here. Giant Eni attacks Krakoa. Uh, cannonball, Banshee, and Avalanche attack up and down the creature, not sure what it is. Uh, they don't do so hot, and Doug freaks out as e- – oh, sorry. Here's the line. Where Edie gets some Krakoan salad, they say. Uh, Wolverine tries to explain to Cannonball what's going on. We get a really visually interesting telling of Magus' origin. Like, this is another chapter that really, really uses the Infinity format really well. Um you know, back on the in the in the beach cave, Emma finds Maggot. There's a slight scuffle and a pretty intense standoff until Eenie actually or Teeny Eenie actually crawls out to Emma. Uh, but Meanie is on Maggot's side, actually is having none of it and tries to eat Emma's arm, which was hilarious. And then Giant Eenie finds him, and we know we're getting ready for the finale. Um, wow, this uh. I want, to, I want to have you, if you want to, uh, kind of describe the origin of Maggot and kind of what you thought about it. I, I, has this ever been told before? Like, I feel like I've read it, but maybe I, it's been so long. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how much. I know pieces of it. Like, I know, like, the parts of, like, um, being found by Magneto. That, like, that's, that's definitely, like, previous canon. I'm not as sure about the stuff like with his brother and his family. I'm, I'd have to go back and reread old stuff and remember. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a great retelling of his origin. I mean, it, like I said, it makes you care about this character even more than than you already have. And for as he didn't have very strong, the artist didn't have very strong human figures before. Like these are it's, this is really great storytelling. Yeah, like just the the art the art itself. I mean, you can almost like I'm scrolling through it without reading the words, and you can follow the story really well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And um, so this issue or chapter starts with kind of a really cool scroll like down the sky. We see Cannonball get closer. Then you scan like the whole length of the worm. Uh, from like Banshee attacking the head to Cannonball attacking the middle, Avalanche is down on the ground attacking on the bottom. Like it's a really cool use of the format. Um, and the scene of kind of like a roughed up Wolverine uh, Laura coming out of the uh, forest. It's actually one of my favorite 
renditions of Laura by this artist. Like, I don't know. I just, the way they portray the costume in that particular scene and, and Laura's figure and kind of her body language, it just really, really works for me. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great scene. And, you know, she's got her bleak me. He's gotten <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, even his whole attitude is like, well, guess we're too late. <laughs> yep. It's kind of so nonchalant. Whereas Wolverine would be like, butts, or whatever he said in that early uh, 60s issue, <laughs> or 70s issue, um, um, you futzers. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, he'd be like all angry, and she's just kind of like, well, this sucks. <laughs> but just, I don't know. It's such a casual response to it. Um, man, his uh, his giant worm is pretty gnarly. Um yeah, the artist. Yeah, he excels at, at at creatures. And so then we get to the the origin. So obviously we see uh, Maggot, you know, first getting what they thought was cancer, and that's the part that I wasn't sure about too, uh, which makes it really really personal because you see the parents like almost like mourning, like you know, not having any idea that their child is a mutant, and trying to figure out like why he's having all these problems and. I mean, I, the thought of any child with cancer, but thinking of that, like, through a parent, like, just, I mean, thinking about that stuff just kind of breaks me, anyway, um, as a father. But, um, you know, and that's rough. And then, I don't know, there's something almost like a tribal, like, you know, because we know uh, Magnus from South Africa, and there's almost like a, a tribal cultural drawing of the two worms, like, intertwined. It looks really, really rad. Like it's a really nice artistic piece. And then the bottom of that turns into the tire tracks of the Jeep in the desert. Like it's just there's some really cool like visual continuity stuff in this chapter that part of the origin that's really rad. And then man, I can't even imagine. So even when Maggot kind of figures out like, okay, something maybe a little bit weird's going on. Like this is not I'm not sick in the way that they think I'm sick, but he still doesn't really know exactly. And then when Magneto like literally pulls these worms out of his stomach, like I would have freaked out so bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, no wonder the guy walks around with a white mohawk. He's, he's been scarred for life. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's just, I mean, like I said, it's just, it's really great storytelling. Like the the art has that, like, shading to it on top of it too mm-hmm. to i guess to, to differentiate it and i mean it's just i mean it's good i mean it's great stuff i just i hope i hope more people are checking unlimited out for i mean like i said i thought for this story was going to be very much a throwaway story but it's really got some really good stuff in here yeah yeah it's really nice and you know i just kind of realized something and so i hope i'm not uh we're not missing part of the artist's point um, or, or the writer's point. So I was looking through these, these chapters that I was scrolling through here, and I was reading some of the dialogue, and I I, I hope I say it right, but um, I think Jafet is uh, Maggot's uh, real name. And I just kind of realized they don't ever actually call him Maggot in this story after the first chapter. Um, Emma constantly refers to him as Jafet, and so does... Um, Laura, so I don't know if we're trying to get away from that code name a little bit. I don't I don't really have a preference either way. I just thought it was interesting. I mean, I kind of – I think both of us just kind of fall back to what we know the character as. But yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how intentional that is. I may have to see if the writer will tweet me back if I ask him. <laughs> but, um, he, he might. Like I said, yeah, it's, it, they don't really call him Maggot. They call him, what, Jafef? Jafef? Yeah. I that's it. Sorry. I, 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 I don't know. You're right. No, no, we're doing our best. Um, <laughs> I, I looked it up earlier. I promise I researched. Like, I was stressing, like, oh, I got to talk about this guy. And I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, and that scene of uh, Meanie dropping off the ceiling with a little web and, and chopping on Emmett's hand, I thought was just hilarious. Oh yeah, it's a great scene. I didn't even know they had Spider-Man powers. I, you know, I didn't either. Actually, I mean, I guess that makes sense. They could have like built a cocoon, maybe, or something. But yeah, I, mean, I guess they could. They're just, they're just, they're just worms. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else 
on that one? Um, no, I think, think that's it. I mean, like I said, just stunning art. And I mean, the story is, you know, it's a big knock knockout uh, giant monster story, but it really has some nice little beats in there in between. Yeah. It's got hot, kid. It's got hot. Um, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, number 40 is the big finale on this one. Um, in this one, a magnet gives Teeny Eeny to Wolverine to protect while he confronts Giant Eeny. And in this part, my uh, my heart is in my throat at this point. Like, I got a big lump in my throat as I can go into this issue because I kind of know what's coming a little bit and I'm not ready for it <laughs> but um, anyway um, so Maggot gives Teeny Eeny to Wolverine uh, while he confronts Giant Eeny because he feels like it's kind of his responsibility which is another really cool thing right because Maggot or Jeff is kind of I mean I would say I mean even for people that really like him you kind of have to admit like BC West X-Men at best right um, yeah. yeah totally but he, but he really steps up and is like hey this is my my thing, my power, my responsibility. I'm telling Emma not to kill the little worm and not to hurt the big worm. But if I don't want anybody to get hurt, if I want to have this all coexist, then I got to figure it out. And so he, he goes to talk to, to Giant Eni. Um, and Giant Eni, for his trouble, eats him. He, he swallows uh, Jeff and Meany whole. Um, and then uh, back on, on the island, um, Excuse me. Uh, Teeny Eeny begs Wolverine to kill her in a really sad scene where she draws like Wolverine's claws in the sand. Um, Wolverine, of course, resists. Um, but then back at the fight, we see the giant Eeny explodes down to regular size. Magnet is super excited they were able to save everyone, but then Wolverine walks up with bad news. Um, a week later, a grief-stricken Wolverine gets a cold shoulder from Maggot, but is reassured by Emma that she did the right thing, and this one just about killed me. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Man, it was so... I, I mean, even with a couple of chapters ago, like, they really pulled in some strong emotional stuff. I was not expecting this finale to be this emotional and just it just really worked for me um i can kind of a really heartbreaking way um i don't know how how do you feel about this as a finale like oh yeah it resolved well yeah i mean it totally resolved well but just like you you kind of could see it coming but you didn't want to have it happen (laughs) right Um, like the just the sad little teeny eeny uh, drawing in the in the in the ground, the claws and Laura putting two and two together, and uh, I mean, ugh, it just it pulls on your heartstrings. Yeah, for sure. There's even a part where like uh, Laura fist bump <laughs> Teeny Eeny, like she's trying to bond, and you know, it's almost this this, this really hard. Thing where Laura's like, I'm going to take care of you. I promise. We're bros now. Um, you know, we got this. Like, right? she's trying to like form this really strong bond. And then when, when Teeny, I'm sorry, when when Teeny Eeny draws the claws in the dirt, and I really like the way he did that visually too, because instead of like trying trying to draw the claws on the hand, you know, Wolverine's hand is already on the ground, and she draws the claws extending out. Like, this is just it's really powerful imagery. Um, I also really like, um, kind of reminds me of like 90s Spider-Man. So there's a, um, a part of Wolverine's cow that's torn and she has like one strand of hair, like sticking out. Um, kind of reminds me of like Eric Larson or McFarlane when they would go kind of hog wild on Spider-Man's costume getting ripped up and you just have like hair and stuff popping out. <laughs> you know, just kind of. Yeah. Jeez. Bringing up all the, all the good stuff tonight. <laughs> right and then I think what's even so Lorelite tries to rub the claw like she's definitely resisting she's like no 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 we're not going to do this we're going to figure it out and uh just has tears down her face and I wasn't too far from having some tears on my face as well um I thought what was really what made it even sadder is because Maggot just assumes 
when uh, Big Edie blows up, that he did something. He was inside the stomach, like trying to like figure out what to do. And he's like, "All right, I did it. I solved it. it problem solved. We'll go find little Eni." You know, I I think his idea was that, that he would just have three worms now instead of two. I guess that's what he was thinking. Um, yeah, he even says, "Look, look, there's four of us now." Right. And, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then you see Wolverine walking around, the, walking along the beach, and you know what she's going to say. And I, I will say this: um, the artist here, like that scene after she walks up behind Maggot, and it zooms in on her, and she kind of has her arms like folded, and she's like kind of biting her lip. Like that body language is perfect. Like it just, you don't. The words are there and the scripting is good, but you don't need the words. You know exactly what she's telling him. And it's just, it's a great rendition and it looks really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's great too that like you don't like stick around for the argument. It just jumps to a week later, you know, like <laughs> they don't try to drag the scene out anymore. Like the, that's like the powerful part of the scene and they just let it, let it hang there, you know? Yep. And then uh, Laura, poor Laura, she went through all this trouble of, not trouble, but, uh, I mean, she was invested in Maggot, too. And, you know, like we talked about in one of the earlier chapters, her kind of vulnerability and and trying to build a bridge between her and Maggot. And now it's all, all gone and not, you know, Maggot never necessarily, like, at least on panel, like, verbally blames her or says anything really about it he just almost like he's too grief-stricken to even like see her like just seeing her just reminds him of of what he's lost and he's probably definitely got some some anger there um you know we have an interesting ending between emma and laura because i don't i don't know if she had her druthers if, if laura is really looking for emma's approval or advice <laughs> I don't know if they necessarily really see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but you know, I thought that ending was pretty pretty cool as well. Um, I, I was saying, there's anything I that kind of bugged me maybe a little bit is how quick Emma was to like kind of revert back to like, um, well, let's just kill the thing. Um, <laughs> but everything else in the story was just about emotionally perfect so how what do you think of kind of this last chapter and, and maybe the story overall yeah um like i said it was just a, a good way to wrap it all up and i mean i, I don't know i haven't i will admit i'm not the, like the most knowledgeable person about laura but i mean it just i mean just sells the character for me like these last few panels where it's like where emma's telling her you're the best you you're the best you are at what you do, Laura. Never forget that. And she goes, yeah, sure. But what I do isn't very nice. I mean, it's just, <laughs> you know, it sums it all up, you know. Right. Well, just that resignation, right? Because we, we've heard that line a million times. And most of the time when Logan says it, he almost says it as like his Logan slogan, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Almost like he wears it almost like a badge of honor. Like, you know, I'm the best at what I do, and what I do isn't very nice, bub, and here's my claws. And Laura's almost in this scene like, yeah, I am the best at what I do, but it's not very nice. Like, almost like I regret that this is what I do. Um, it's just that's very powerful. And, and again, just all these little things that that separate Laura from Logan because I mean obviously they're both Wolverine they're both very similar in a lot of ways so it's these key differences that make them such interesting characters and make her not just be girl Wolverine she's actually like a very very strong character on her own which I love um but yeah so what do you think of now that we kind of got through this whole thing what's kind of your overall take um on the whole story well, I, I got to admit, like when I, I think I read them before when we talked about doing the show and then everything happened. And I think I kind of read through them and didn't really get much from them. But then rereading them uh, 
earlier this week preparing for the show again like uh, everything really hit like like this was a good maggot story a good uh wolverine story um it just was a really good story like i said i just hope more people can can check it out hopefully they'll i guess i guess they collect these in print eventually so i just hope everybody can check it out yeah yeah i mean definitely you know, Clint, you alluded to earlier that the Unlimited Infinity stuff is kind of up and down. And I kind of feel the same way, right? Like there's some really, really good stories. There's some that aren't as good. I mean, um, I don't know if I would say the Unlimited Infinity section by itself is, like, worth buying Unlimited. So, like, if you don't have another reason to read, like, old comics, I wouldn't necessarily buy it just for these. But if you have the app, I would say there's no reason not to read these, like especially this story. Like if you have the app, get out there and check it out. Like it's definitely worth uh, taking some time and going through it. Yeah, I mean, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a good story. Like, and then I I don't know if you are you planning on covering forty one eventually. Uh, probably if if any Wolverine characters are in it, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there was, but I remember not being impressed with it. So like it's like you get a really good story and then the next story is like you know, like the I don't know, like that snowball effect, like, oh man, the stories are our stories are good, stories are good and then, you know, I guess with this format where it's a different team on each issue. Right. You know. So but that's that's for the next people to talk about, I guess. <laughs> it sounds good. All right, well, Clint, we've had a good journey here with uh, Wolverine and Maggot. Um, I think we've both agreed that we were pleasantly surprised by both the writer and the artist. Um, what do you want to grade this story at a, a six clause? What do you want to give this one? Mm, uh, is it can can I be too new and give somebody six out of six clause? No, I mean, man, it, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. I mean, at the end, end, end of the day, like I. It was a character like I remember from the '90s, and like, oh yeah, I remember Maggot. But then now I'm like, man, I could kind of want to read a Maggot. Like maybe not a whole <laughs> book, but I could read a whole. I could read a few issues of, with Maggot running around. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I may surprise you a little bit. Um. So in my notes, and I I can I can tweet the note if people don't believe me. I I had these as five out of six claws. But after talking through them, I think I'm going to change and go with you and go six out of six claws. Like, um, it's just it's too there's too much strength in the emotion and in the writing and the scripting and in the art. Um, I, and I think some of my quibble was the one issue, the, the one chapter I uh, 36 that I didn't get as much into. And then you know we talked about the artist not being as strong and like Emma's human face. And that's kind of where I kind of maybe knocked off a couple of points, but I think at the end of the day, it's not enough um, to to make me not say this is six out of six claws. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you, Clint. Six out of six. High five over the internet. That's right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, good deal, man. Um, anything else you want to hit while you're here? I don't any, think any so. Q and A for me. <laughs> No, I mean, just uh, I, I'm just a big fan of the show. I'm just happy that I could be here and join you. Um, hopefully, uh, maybe you'll get some good feedback about my terrible voice and, and want to <laughs> like have me back on again or something. No, That's, your voice is fine, and if you want to come back on, I will find a time. I definitely yeah. had a lot of fun. So yeah, I don't. I, I love talking about comics. I don't get a chance to talk about them enough. Like. I mean, there's only so much you can talk to your significant other about comic books, and they're just like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Um, so. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, Clint, I don't know if you have anything in particular you want to plug, but why don't you at least give out your Twitter handle so people can, uh, can look you up. Um, I'm on Twitter. I don't use it as much. I'm starting to. I'm trying to because Jason tells me I need to. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's comics and then the number four Clint C L I N T. So every once in a while, I tweet. Mostly, I'm just liking uh, 
uh, your your stuff and what Grant who does the uh-huh. truth, justice and hope. Yeah, you got me. I'm stuck on that one now too. Nice, so, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've yep. been playing Thanks. catch up um, on his stuff. I I kind of go through through swings. I'll um, well, obviously, obviously, no one to delve too much into what I already talked about when I when I brought the show back. But um, while I was not podcasting, I was also not listening to as much. So I've been playing catch up the last couple of weeks on on my favorite shows and grants is one of my favorite shows for sure. Um, and grants just a really, he's just a really cool guy. He's really nice. Yeah. yeah he seems like it. So. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, um, obviously for the podcast, that goes Nick. You can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. Um, as far as what's next, I'm, I'm, Actually, we've been doing okay the last couple episodes, being on time. So uh, hopefully we'll keep that trend going. Um, the next episode, if everything – I get my schedule worked out completely right, uh, will be the official 10th anniversary episode um, with the Excaliburos covering the uh, the most recent from a couple months back, the X-Men Gala. So we'll see if that all works out. But that's what we're planning on. And then, of course, 500 is also around the bend. Um I have a very lofty ambition. That's probably not going to happen for 500, but you know, I'm going to I'm going to throw throw it out there and see what I can do. But it'll be something fun, either way. So, um, looking forward to that. And Clint, man, it was just so good to have you on. Um, I know we've been chatting for a while, and I, and I appreciate that you like the show. But I think more than anything else, I just appreciate the conversation that we've been able to have, talking about the books, talking about other stuff. Um, just uh, enjoy getting to know you. So, so thanks for coming on, man. No, I appreciate it, man. Like I said, I, I appreciate you having me on and like I said, let me geek out about comic books. Maybe <laughs> next time we'll talk about, you know, Logan Wolverine, but you know, oh, this, for this sure. works. Yeah. This works. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, everyone, uh, stay safe and well out there. hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, tweet at me and let me know how awesome Clint is. And, um, We'll get him back on. I mean, really, we're going to either way. But it'd be nice if you tweet. <laughs> so, um, all right, cool. Well, until next time, everyone, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And snacked. <laughs>